you know, you get you get asked to do something or you get asked questions all the time um, from from outside groups, from internal groups. And one thing I always like to say to our staff and, and what I try to follow is that, hey, the, the answer at the end of the day might be no, but that should not be our first response. Welcome to Building Ideas, exceptional people discussing inspired experiences that create an enduring impact on our communities. Building Ideas is presented by MSA Design. To learn more about MSA, visit us on the web at www.msaarch.com. Hi, this is Bill. Welcome to the podcast today. We have a great guest from our hometown university here in greater Cincinnati, home of the headquarters of MSA Design. Andre Cialdo joins us as the Associate Athletic Director for, for Facilities and Operations at the University of Cincinnati, home of the Bearcats. At UC, Cialdo directs all event management, facility rentals, and assists in the planning of capital projects. During his eight-year tenure at UC, Andre has been instrumental in the operations and planning of significant capital investments in athletic facilities, including the expansion and renovation of historic Nippert Stadium, one of the best college football stadiums in the country, certainly the most unique, renovation of Fifth Third Arena, and ongoing upgrades and improvements to the American Conference members' athletic facilities on their 40,000-plus student campus in Clifton. Prior to coming to UC, Andre spent nearly three years at the University of Northern Iowa, home of the Panthers. He began his tenure at UNI as Assistant Athletic Director for Facilities and Operations and was promoted to Associate Athletic Director later in his career. During his tenure at UNI, Sayaldo provided leadership and budget oversight to facilities and operations and supervised over 55 personnel. He was responsible for securing, implementing, and marketing external facility rentals, including concerts, trade shows, commencements, and other non-university athletic events. Prior to coming to Northern Iowa, he spent 10 years at Kent State University, home of the Golden Flashes of the Mid-American Conference, where he advanced from Fieldhouse and Sports Camp Assistant to Associate Athletic Director for Facilities and Operations. He was involved in numerous events, including conference championships, across the sports, and, and also completed large-scale projects during his time, including renovations to their baseball, golf, learning center, football stadium, and various other outdoor venue improvements. He worked at the University of Florida, home of the Gators, as an operations and facilities assistant. He earned his bachelor's in athletic training from Northeastern University, home of Paws, King Husky VIII, one of the greatest mascots in college sports, and his master's in sports administration from Wichita State, home of the Shockers. He is a proud husband and father, so welcome to Building Ideas, today's exceptional person, Andre Sayoldo. Well, Andre, thanks for being on the podcast. It's always good to see you and appreciate you spending some time with us today and why don't you tell us about how a kid from Arizona made his way somehow to the heart of uh, Cincinnati? Sure thing. Well, first of all, thanks for thanks for having me. Uh, it, it's great to be seen. And uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> virtually. Yes, but uh, no, I certainly appreciate uh, the opportunity to take this time and, and talk to you guys and you. Um, and actually, goes uh, background goes back. Uh, before Arizona, it's actually uh, a pretty long and windy road. Um, Take us so, there. Yeah, I was I was born in Brazil, and uh, we moved as a family to the United States when I was four. So, uh, and that's where we moved to Tucson. Uh, my dad was getting his PhD at University of Arizona, and um, 
so that's where I, you know, quote unquote, grew up, lived there till eighth grade. So uh, all the, the formative years of, uh, of the teams you like and the college, college you like. And, uh, yeah. uh, you know, so that, that's where I, I, I fell for the University of Arizona and the Wildcats. I was a big fan growing up, mm-hmm. uh, a ball boy for the team. Oh, the, really? The Lute Olsen, uh, uh, Steve Kirsch, Sean Elliott years. Uh, oh yeah, my my friend and I basically cold wrote a letter to the athletic department and and got a got a call back and we were uh, we were giddy that 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 we were ball boys and uh, wow the year before they went to the final four but uh, but so that was a, that was a cool experience and, and kind of my first taste of uh, of sports administration if you if you will um, yeah so uh, my family moved to upstate New York outside of Utica New York to a, New Hartford uh, when I was in high school. So that's where I uh, went to high school. Um, that was also my change from playing soccer to playing football. Uh-huh. Uh, first real chance to, to play, uh, uh, to play football. Um, wasn't really intending on it, but uh, the football coach saw me in the weight room going into ninth grade and said, uh, Hey, you're a new face. You're six, five. What, what do you, what, what's your story? And I said, Oh, just moved here playing soccer. He said, no, you're not come, come over here. And, uh, <laughs> the, the, the career as a tight end wide receiver began. So, uh, but fortunately, um, you know, the, the playing football helped me, uh, pay for college, uh, ended up getting a scholarship to play football at Northeastern university in Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, so I played football and basketball in high school, but concentrated on uh, on paying the bills in uh, in college, and uh, yeah. and football did that for me. So I um, was a punter at Northeastern, took every punt for four years there. We'll just say I was on the field way too many times, <laughs> but but never had a, a snap go over my head. So that's my my claim to fame, I guess. There you go. Yeah. So. Uh, as a student athlete at Northeastern, you know, you, you're in and around the athletic offices and, you know, headed to meetings or weight room or whatever. Uh, yes, punters did lift. Um, (laughs) so, you know, you always saw people working in offices and, Hey, what's going on here? What's, what's this deal? What are these people doing? And, um, you know, I, I've, I've always loved sports. I always loved being around sports and, so I, I set a meeting with the athletic director at the time and, um, you know, he took it and was able to spend 15, 20 minutes with him and, and basically laid out an athletic department and, and talked about careers in athletics. And, uh, I was an athletic training major, uh, but, but knew I did not want to do that. So, uh, he suggested, you know, going to grad school and, and doing internships. So, um, started looking around for internships. I was, uh, getting ready to graduate and just, uh, applied to grad schools and internships around the country. You know, I could go anywhere at that time mm-hmm. and, uh, landed in Shreveport, Louisiana at Centenary Woo! College. Centenary College is the, the, their nickname is the gents and the women's mm. team is the ladies. So, um, they're, they're <laughs> very Southern, to, very yeah. Southern. Uh, is Robert Parrish is their, their most famous alumni. So, oh, know, yeah. The Chief. Oh, yeah. So, uh, 
went there sight unseen. Uh, obviously, I'd never been to Shreveport, Louisiana. Um, I'll date myself, but it was, you know, right as the internet was getting big, I didn't, I didn't have a chance to, to research Shreveport or anything. So basically had a phone interview with the, uh, with the athletic director and a couple of people on the staff and, um, you know, went there, unpaid internship. They gave me a place to, a, a dorm room and a, and a, uh, a meal plan. And so went there. It was at the time it was the smallest Division One university. So no football, but but they had uh, had 15 other sports, and they were D1. There was 800 total students there. Um, so with it being such a small school, uh, you know my my title, if you will, was marketing intern. But we got to get our hands in a lot of different things, and. Mm -hmm they relied on a handful of us interns to, um, you know, ticket office, business office. You know, we helped out in the compliance, uh, uh, event management, um, game ops, you know, you name it, the interns were asked to help in some form or fashion. Um, so with that, got my first taste of, of all the different areas within an athletic department and just found myself gravitating towards event ops, game ops, event management, um, that that's just how I'm wired. I, I don't see myself as a the front face of anything. Yeah. Uh, public speaking uh, is probably not not one of my strengths. But uh, so facilities and ops kind of afforded me the the behind the scenes type of stuff and like uh, the logistics and kind of managing the, the, the process. Up the, check, the checklists and and being able to. Um, you know, troubleshoot as needed. Um, so that's that's where I kind of got my first taste and kind of realized that's where I wanted to zero in on. And mm -hmm. uh, so from there, just started applying for for graduate assistantships positions across the country. Uh, mm -hmm. Landed at Wichita State. So I uh, got my master's at Wichita State. I was a GA there uh, for a year. Part of the part of the educational program there is you had to do a year long internship, as a lot mm -hmm. of uh, grad programs have. Um, so again, I was, uh, applying across the country for internships, uh, applied at university of Florida, got a call from, from, uh, their associate AD, uh, just talked to me for a little bit, saw my resume that I played football at Northeastern and lo and behold, one of his best friends was a coach at Northeastern, uh, one ah. of the coaches. So, you know, I didn't know there was a connection at the time, but, um, I'm sure glad I, uh, that he, you know, he, he called this coach and asked about me and said good things. So I was glad I was on his good side. Uh, <laughs> well, you're on the field a lot, right? So I meant you're doing something. <laughs> so, uh, so I landed at University of Florida. So I went from Centenary, the, the smallest D1 athletics, you know, smallest D1 college uh, to Wichita State, you know, middle of the road to Florida, pretty much one of the largest. And uh, um, was that like, was it a. Uh, really good perspective or was there an oh crap as you went uh, to each uh, no, the, the the first football game at florida i was just like holy cow what am i what am i getting myself into but um <laughs> but there was obviously a system and, and program in place there that um you know lined us lined us up to succeed um mm -hmm. so at florida i was a an intern for facilities and ops uh I was given an apartment in the swamp in the football stadium how cool is that in, in trade uh, every night had to go around and make sure the gates were shut. I'll make that trade any day of the week. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, that was a great year. 
down in Florida. I never had so many visitors come visit me before of my friends. <laughs> Gy, what's the best game you saw? What's the what's the best game you saw when you were living um, in the swamp? That, that was a year um, we played Alabama in the swamp, and Derek Alexander was the Alabama running back, mm. and it went into either two or three overtimes, and it was just a crazy game. Florida ended up losing, unfortunately, but um, that was just a, a a wild ride of a day. My my game day duties there included uh, driving around the golf cart to all the uh, the parking lots, the the, the tailgate lots, uh, to make sure they were staffed and ready to open and and ready to go and operating as should. And um, so I I met various people in my year there that you know the guy with the golf cart is the MVP on uh, on game day and uh, <laughs> gave gave lots of rides from uh, from tailgate lots to the uh, to the gates of the stadium. So it, uh, I had my route. It was perfect. <laughs> Hopefully you got some benefits to, you know, attendance at tailgate events afterwards. I'm sure I, I didn't, I did not go hungry. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I spent the year at Florida and, and at that point, so I'm, I'm coming out of Florida with a, a, a nice resume, uh, and a master's degree, a couple of years of experience at various levels and started applying for jobs uh, around the country, really, and um, applied for a, a fundraising events person at Kent State University. Um, part of the reason was uh, somewhere in the somewhere in this mix, I uh, I, uh, I met a gal and, and chased her. She was working at University of Akron. Um, uh, her family is from there, and uh, so I wanted to kind of be in that area. And Kent State, this job afforded me that, so I, I was lucky enough to get an interview. Um, did not get the job, huh. uh, but I got a call the next day from the gentleman that ran their field house and said, hey, um, you know, I know you didn't get this job. The athletic director really liked your interview. He really thought you could, uh, you know, be an asset to the department and, and asked me if I would look at you for um, this part, this this 10 uh, month position, helping run the field house and re- helping run their sports camps. So obviously I, I, I jumped on it and and uh, went in to talk to, to them. And next thing you know, I was working at Kent State as a, uh, as a field house assistant, sports camp assistant. So that's where I got my, my first full-time start. And 10 years later, um, I was still at Kent, um, worked my way up all the way to an associate athletic director just through people leaving, being at the right place at the right time, hard work, proving myself over the years. And uh, just given being been given more and more responsibility from the from the AD in the department. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at that point, um, there was a change of, of athletic director. The guy that, that brought me in retired, and um, so I was I was able to move on and uh, uh, took a job at University of Northern Iowa. Uh, moved the family out to uh, to Cedar Falls, Iowa. UNI out there. <laughs> UNI, they have a great dome in a, uh, an adjoining basketball facility. So it was a great opportunity for me um, to get involved a lot more in, in external events, a lot mm-hmm. of external events in that, at that place, uh, concerts, trade shows. Um, so that, that was a, uh, a great opportunity for us. So I was there three years and not really looking to leave or anything like that. And we met some great people and, and we were in a good place as a family. Um, but if you rewind a little bit to, uh, to university of Florida and living in the swamp, 
the other intern that was with me was uh, Brendan Foraker. <laughs> That's right. You guys, the dynamic duo, right? Yeah. Yep. So, uh, <laughs> you know, after I left and he left, we, we went our separate ways, but kept in touch over the years. And, um, you know, he, he was at, he made his stops and, and was at Cincinnati at the time and gave me a call and said, Hey, I know, uh, you're out in Iowa, but I know Tiffany's family is in Ohio and I'm going to have a job open here at UC. And are you interested in coming back to Ohio? And, uh, at that point it was a family decision. You know, our, our young, our oldest son was in second grade. So still yeah. okay time to move as a family. Um, and got us back to, to the state where, where Tiffany's parents are in Akron about three hours away. Um, so, uh, came in for the interview and really I was the only one that interviewed and uh, <laughs> as, long, as long as everything checked out and I didn't trip on myself, uh, it was a done deal. So, uh, started working here in 2013, so mm -hmm. coming up on my uh, eighth year in, awesome. in July will be eight year anniversary here, and just uh, um, you know been a part of some good things here. You see, overseeing uh, some of our staff uh, here, and uh, being a part of obviously some great projects and some great events that we've yeah. had here uh, over the years. So. Long enough, long and windy enough for you? No, that's perfect, man. That's perfect. You know, that's kind of a a, tel a, uh, a cardboard cutout of, of athletic administration, typical career path, uh, you know, jumping around that, that you're obviously going to see a lot of that. It's rare that someone's in in the same spot for, for such a long time. You know, it was um, a couple weeks ago, I was um, I did an episode with Nate Stewart. I don't know if you know Nate. He's up at... Um, He's up at Carthage in uh, Wisconsin, but he was talking about his journey. And, you know, I've, as you've listened to, we've done a lot of your colleagues and friends in the region. And, man, you guys, <laughs> I tell you, it's it's a hard life. You know, you always say that coaches have a hard life, right? And athletic, you know, senior athletic directors bounce around a bit. But you don't realize, those of you who are in, like, operations and facilities and kind of right under the folks right below the top who are kind of managing everything, and you guys bounce around. And it's it's got to be a hard life for or just, you know, it's just a different kind of a life, right? You're like, you know, I was lucky that, you know, my wife um, started out in college athletics. So she kind of knew the life. Yeah. Uh, you know, do I say, will I say I want to move right now? You know, no, I got a, a sophomore in high school and a sixth grader. I think it would uh, be rough, a, a rough move right now. Um, but you got to be ready for anything um, in this in, in this world as uh, in college athletics and wherever you're working really these days. Yeah. Anything, anything can happen. Yeah. You know, and you talked about really obviously relationships, right? You know, your, your relationship with Brendan got you here, you know, your previous coach got you, you know, in down at Florida, you know, who, you talked about a couple of folks, your coaches, who are some key people who have um, kind of been instrumental along this journey? Tell us a little bit more about them specifically and how they impacted you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I go back to Centenary College and the athletic director, athletic director at the time was Russ Sharp. Um, he, uh, he moved on from Centenary went to, and was at West Virginia for a long time. But uh, he was really the one that, you know, as a, as a young Andre Cioldo working in Centenary College, not knowing what is going on with anything, really. Yeah. He was, you know, always took the time to... Um, share his info with us, uh, gave us some, some learning opportunities, asked us to, 
to uh, attend meetings with him. Uh, you know, it's funny, funny story. It was me and another marketing intern were going with Russ to a, a meeting at a local um, restaurant to try to get a sponsorship with something. And it was clear the guy had never doesn't didn't know anything about athletic administration because the three of us walked in and he's like, hey, which one of you guys is the AD? You know, so like it's two young guys and this, you know, older gentleman that's <laughs> very, very professional. And he's asking which one of us was the athletic director. And so we, we got a pretty good joke out of that walking out of that. <laughs> I'll bet. I'll bet. <laughs> but, but Russ was always uh, supportive in anything that we uh, we brought to him. And, uh, you know, just one of those folks that I kept in touch with and, and uh, made sure to check in on uh, every once in a while. Um, my athletic director at, at Kent State, Lane Kennedy, uh, I mean, worked for the guy for 10 years and, uh, you know, talk about an influence on, on your career. You know, as people left at Kent and, uh, and as I went to him and asked for more and more responsibility, I, it was always, yes, let's do that. And, um, you know, all the way up to, to uh, attending conferences, you know, I, I remember typing my first memo to him and asking him for, for approval for funding to go to an early day SEFMA conference. I mean, it was like, I think, I don't even think it was called SEFMA yet. Uh -huh. I, I think it's back in the, it was just an active. There was no offshoots or anything like that um, out in Las Vegas. And um, so he, he approved it. And uh, so I got, I got my, my chance to do that. But he was always so supportive, personable, and, and um, just just backed whatever we wanted to do within reason, obviously. And, and uh -huh. uh, somebody that can, you, you can always had his door open that you could go and, and, uh, and rap with. Uh, uh -huh. You know, a couple more that I'll mention certainly is the, the athletic director of Florida and I worked there, Jeremy Foley. I mean, one of the, the most known named that athletic directors that you'll you'll ever see but just to hear his story of starting out as an intern in the ticket office to yeah. uh, you know to, yeah just the the, the building of, of of his career and, and just how personable he was and i remember sitting in the intern office one day and he walked in just to say hey and um hey what are you guys doing in here and, and you know for an athletic director at a at a place like florida to do that uh was pretty cool obviously mm -hmm. Um, and then I'll mention, uh, Troy Dan and he was, he was my athletic director at, at, uh, uh, Northern Iowa. He's now at Tulane. Um, mm -hmm. but when I went, to when I went to UNI, you know, he gave me free reign to, to, to try things. And, and the big thing there was to try to get events in. And mm -hmm. so I was, I was, that's what was my charge was. And, you know, I was, I'd like to say I was pretty successful in doing that. And, uh, um, but Troy approved me going to uh, venue management school out at Ogle mm -hmm. Bay, uh, huh. which is a two-year, um, you know, week-long process twice, you know, uh, out in uh, out in West Virginia. And you know, you're there and you're learning from the best in the business. Uh, you know, you're, it's a it's a school, and you're going to classes and there's a test at the end and everything. And uh, um, that's really where I, I I cut my teeth and learned kind of the the ropes of, uh, of the concert world and dealing with promoters and some of the lingo that, that goes along with that. I had never dealt with that anywhere before, uh, uh -huh. Northern Iowa. So, um, so obviously I've, I've come across lots of great people in my, in my 20 
ish years in doing this, and and uh, certainly those are, are are four of the the most influential that I've come that I've had the fortune to work with. So you've been involved in design, intimately involved in design. I know we work on some things, and you've done other things as you guys have transformed the campus in the past five seven years. So you've been involved in the design, event management, collegiate pro team. Now worldwide pandemic. So what are some nuggets of wisdom you've learned from the design and planning and operations during this latest tenure in your career? I mean, it, it's, uh, you know, the, the, the most, the st for starters, it's getting in at the, at the ground level and the communication and what's the, 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 the major vision, the major goal of, uh, of what you're trying to do. And just getting, you know, as they say, the the right people on the bus and in the right seats. Um, so you know, I've been fortunate enough to, for my early days at, at Kent State when we had projects, and I was invited to come and just be a fly on the wall in meetings. Uh, and that's what I'm trying to do now with with some of my staff is allow them that opportunity to to learn the process. And but. You know the communication and the uh, the uh, feedback from all the user groups uh, is certainly uh, instrumental and, and uh, integral in, in in any project. Um, so you know it, it comes with experience um, of, of how to what to look for, how to communicate that, how to sway somebody because obviously not everyone at the table is going to agree on mm -hmm. on what's needed uh or priorities so uh you know you you put in your two cents and then um with your reasoning and mm -hmm. then if it, if it doesn't stick then you can say your piece and move on <laughs> that's good at some point you move on and and you know take it take it for uh for what it is and 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 make the best of it. So, what are some trends since you know earlier in your career? Obviously, at different institutions, what are some of the planning trends or issues? You know, COVID, pre-COVID, post-COVID that have been that you keep in mind when you're planning these kinds of facilities, right? You've done stadia, arena, locker rooms, meeting rooms, outdoor venues. You know, what are some of the trends you see as an owner and a director of those kinds of decisions or a facilitator? Sure. I mean the. The bells and whistles, you know, the the I don't want to say the arms race because, uh, you know, I just I don't like that term, so to speak. But, you know, the, the bells and whistles has been ramping up over the course of my career. Um, you know, all the 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 lights of the scoreboard, video screens, ribbon boards. Um, you know, we were we were fortunate enough in our arena renovation to get uh, a pretty large size center hung video video screen and it just transforms the place mm -hmm. um, and then all the the other associated ancillary video screens too i mean and then teams teams look to that stuff and use it for recruiting um you know in, in videos they show and then and, and, um, graphics that they put up when the recruits on campus um, you know, it was awesome one time. I didn't even know they were doing this. I look out and, um, you know, the arena's dark and spotlight in the middle of the court and men's basketball had set up a, a couch out there 
you know, in the video screen. So I was like, man, that's pretty cool. If I was a recruit coming, huh. coming, walking into that and seeing a couch in the middle of the court and your name up on the video screen and et cetera. So, um, the, the, the recruiting process has certainly ramped up over the, and, and that translates into needs and wants on, on projects. Mm-hmm. Um, so where are you at? What do you think about name and likeness? Where should it fall for athletes? What rights well, should they have? What's your take? Uh, I mean, they have every right for that. I mean, I, I uh, uh, as a former student athlete, that would have been uh, something I stood for, obviously, and, and, and do now. Uh, you know, they they earn that. They're they're out there in the trenches and and uh, and, and in the grind, and have every right to uh, to reap some of the benefits of of folks using their their name and likeness. What do you think's going to uh, any idea um, the way where it'll shake out? Do you think there'll be a national standard? Will be there a divisional tiered standard? Do you, any idea at all at this point? Well, I don't know that a divisional a tiered standard makes sense. I mean, um, you know, nothing at all against Division two and three schools. I don't, I don't know that um, there's much of much of that out there, but uh, certainly at the Division one level, um, they're they're seems to be shaping up an across the board um, ruling or, or justification of, of looking for uh, a final answer on that. Yeah. And nobody really knows, do they? <laughs> well, you've, um, one of the things we like to talk about is inspired experiences. And I know you've been all over the country. You've worked in buildings. You've, um, managed buildings and events you know what are uh and this doesn't have to be sports related either because i know you've you know, have heritage and family in brazil and out west and you know so what's a key place space or experience in the built environment that's inspired you man awesome um so uh, i'll go back again to centenary and the uh, the basketball venue there it's called the gold dome and it's uh you know as a first-time athletic employee in an athletic department and, and kind of walking into that that place. I mean, it wasn't overly huge or anything like that, but it was just the first place that that I had a vested interest in and, and that I could affect, you know, as an as an employee. What little little old me could, could do something uh, to affect what it what it looked like or what happened there. So mm-hmm. uh, that's that's certainly something I go back to. Um, Certainly the swamp, you know, yeah. the, top, the top five uh, college football venue uh, in the country um, and and just having an apartment in there. I mean, I love telling that story of, of having an apartment there and just the, the revolving doors of visitors that, that Brendan and I had that year and, and, uh-huh. and the fun we had in there. Um, you know, so so that uh, and, and UC is new facilities. I mean, yeah. we've done some awesome things in my eight years here that I've been a part of and redoing the, uh, the football press box and, and the, uh, the arena renovation are the, the, obviously the two most prominent and, and noticeable ones. And, and just being a part of that, um, those projects from start to finish, I mean, it, uh, it's certainly a, uh, you know, a feather in, in my cap and a lot of other people's caps as mm-hmm. we progress through those and now to see them both in action um 
and what we've done with our facilities and, and showing them off. I mean, I love giving tours of this place. I love uh, 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 putting in non-athletic events into our athletic facilities. I mean, we've done some off-the-wall um, events in here. I mean, we had we had cro CrossFit regionals. Uh, we had Nitro Circus, the the motorcycle ramping. Oh, that's uh, right. We had that in Nippert. Um, one year we had the Dun Humby Christmas party uh, in the bubble, and that place got transformed into a a pretty cool uh, nightclub scene, so to speak. Um, and, we, and we had uh, Cancer Free Kids in here, which is an overnight fundraiser uh, for, for cool. schools. You know, so we we put some non-athletic events in our athletic facilities. And, and uh, when I give someone a tour, it's it's uh, it's awesome to see people's reactions. Is that common in, in, in colleges and universities and athletics, or do you think uh, UC is more open, you know, more into that kind of a relationship because of its connection to the city? Uh, I think it's common. I mean, everyone's looking, um, you know, not to, to get rich off the deal, but it's a source of revenue. Um, sure. um, and to, and to, to bring people on campus that might have never been on campus before um, is, is always a goal. Um, we were lucky enough to to host uh, 15, 18 high school graduations a couple of years ago, which is the first time UC has done that in a while. Um, so that brought a ton of kids on campus that had mm -hmm. maybe never been here before and maybe never thought of coming to UC to school mm -hmm. or, or their younger siblings. Um, we got back in the game of hosting OHSAA basketball last year for the first time in umpteen years. So that was a, a major goal of ours. Um, with the renovation is to be to be able to host events like that. So, um, but yeah, I think, and it, like I said, at Northern Iowa, that was part of our charge. Uh, RID would do anything like minus moving a game to mm -hmm. bring in an, an athletic or a uh, an outside revenue generating event. Um, mm -hmm. You know, teams were told to go practice somewhere else if if it meant having an event, which you know you may or may not see it at every place absolutely it's a great front door right into the university or the right. college right. um what have you learned or seen in your career that could help other organizations or individuals have an impact sports or not doesn't doesn't matter okay um you know you get you get asked to do something or you get asked questions all the time um from from outside groups from internal groups and one thing I always like to say to our staff and, and what I try to follow is that, hey, the, the answer at the end of the day might be no, but that should not be our first response. Um, you know, we, we need to respond with an I'll try or let me look into that and really turn over every stone until, hey, some things just are not feasible. You know, at the end of the day, some things are not feasible. And... We need to do our due diligence, discuss out the whole process, and if the answer is no, let's communicate that in a professional, educated way, not just say, hey, you know, no, we're not going to do that. Mm -hmm. We need to know the why. We need to know, uh, you know, the, the how, and maybe we can't do 100% of what you're asking for, but maybe we can get to 75%. But we can't start off with a no answer. Yeah, not the quick. No, 
can't do it. Why? Just can't. So what have you learned? What have you learned over this past year? You know, what was this pandemic taught you? I was lucky enough to get a couple uh, accolades as a punter and, um, you know, was interviewed one time and asked, you know, what my, my favorite quote or give it, give us a quote. And I, and I said, Hey, you, you always need to be ready to answer the call. Because uh, you you know you don't know who's on the other end of the line, or you don't know when your number is going to get called, and so I can say that to, to the last year. At this point, it's been a year. Um, yeah. You know you don't know what you don't know what John Cunningham, my athletic director, is going to call and ask me next. And, and you know we we hosted the American Athletic Conference Football Championship this year. It was December nineteenth, and and. We applied for variants to get some more fans in. Uh, we did all our due diligence. Um, the state said no. And then on Tuesday, a 180 quick turnaround and said yes. So from Tuesday to Saturday, we had to turn things around that we already told everybody no. Now it's a yes. So we need to sell tickets. We need to get the venue ready. We need to figure out what we're doing. We need to know. We need to order 5,800 sit here stickers and put them all over the, all over Nippert. Uh, so, you, you, you know, you need to be ready when you, when your phone rings or you're, you're, you get called to do something and, uh, you know, the, the quicker you, you, you get your plan and, and able to implement it, the better off you are. Never know when you're getting the call, do you? Yeah. <laughs> well, what are you excited about now is there seems to be a light at the end of the tunnel, right? We're all waiting yeah. in line to get our shots yeah, and you know, there's it seems to be an easing an easing in of uh of some of some more spectator stuff obviously we're still masking we're still social distancing we're still um you know having signage and etc but you know the the new ordinance came out today for 25 percent um for indoor venues and 30 percent for outdoor venues so that gets us talking you know we can we can talk with high schools about graduation. We can talk about UC graduation in Nippert. We can, um, yeah, you know, start start maybe talking about the summer camps. Um, you know, and, and you and I talked already a little bit. You know, we saw Ohio State saying, um, you know, they're planning for a full stadium uh, in the fall, and Alabama saying they're planning for a full stadium in the fall. So um, we we certainly are in line with that and. Um, selling tickets as if we're hopefully in a, in a full stadium and uh, you know we'll, we'll be ready for that too so I mean that that's excitement I mean um, just knowing that something like that is uh, it's creeping forward um, yeah. you know vaccines obviously we're 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 waiting for our call to to be on the list to get vaccines and um, and hopefully that even get even gets us another step closer yeah It'll be awesome. It'll be awesome. Um, be good to be back in Nippert and go to some games at fifth third and other places. It'll be, yeah. um, they're such yeah. great. You guys have done such a great job and there's such great venues. You know, they're, I think sleeping giants that not a lot of folks out of the region know necessarily nationally, but more, more and more are knowing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, as we've talked, Nippert is, there's nothing like Nippert stadium in college football. I mean, there's nothing like that kind of pit down in the hole yeah. jammed in with the walls all around. So, well, Andre, this has been awesome. Um, any last words of wisdom for me? Um, you always give me some good uh, nuggets. <laughs> yeah. 
no, I mean, uh, you know, it's been fun. I'll, I'll take this opportunity to, uh, to congratulate you. I saw uh, a post that you were at MSA for 18 years now. So congratulations yeah. on that. That's a, that's a nice yeah. run and, and going and it's counting. Fun. It's fun. Yeah. I had a little break in the middle. I took a, I'm a boomerang kid. We went to Colorado for a few years just at, you know, mid <laughs> midlife crisis in the thirties, but, and, you know, left on good terms, came back and yeah, it's been fun. We're, we're blessed and it's a good time working with folks like you and, um, you know, it's just fun. It's a fun time in the region in the city. It's definitely a fun time in college athletics. I think, um, you know, to be involved in that a big way that we are as a firm and, you know, the trust that you see places in us, you know, we really appreciate it. And we always enjoy getting on campus and, you know, you know, and as a city kid who lives in the city and, you know, you, you guys are kind of our public university here in town. And I think, you know, many folks like myself who didn't go there and kind of gravitate to UC just because, um, you know, you represent the city as well as, you know, I'm not only just the institution. So it's good. Well, we, we have fun jobs, right? Yeah, we do. You know, as, as, uh, <laughs> as my former athletic director, Mike Bone said, it's, it's fun to have fun. And, uh, uh, Actually, I think he said it's fun to make fun, but I, I change it to it's fun to have fun. So he is a life force. Mr. Bone is a life force. Um, yeah, he, he was fun to have around. You got a good one now, too. John's a really, really great guy I think yeah. doing some good things for your department. So, yes, well, and, yeah, we enjoying our uh, enjoying our time and looking forward to, to getting back stuff. And, um, you know, it's a. It's uh, it's been a fun 21 plus year ride for me so far, and I got some more gas left in the tank. So, <laughs> well, let's let's see you go on to the next stretch of road here. So, yeah. well, best to Tiffany and and also Friggy and everybody else at the department, and Jolinda and everybody, and and give them our yeah. best. We have a, we have a fun crew. We got a good facilities and ops crew going right now, so we got a uh, our work cut out for us. But like I said, we have fun, but we work hard too. Awesome. Well, be uh, be well, and uh, we will see you soon. You got it, Bill. Thanks a lot for your time and having me. Thank you for joining us on today's podcast. Building Ideas is presented by MSA Design. To learn more about MSA Design, visit us on the web at www.msaarch.com.